You're listening to Comedy Central. You guys have any questions before we move on? Anything you want to chat about? No, we good? Yes, sir? Uh, do you think that like reparations should just go to like one like group or like should it target like people that are in the same kind of like socioeconomic like group? Because That's an interesting question. What do you mean by that? If I Well, like there are like white people that have like been disenfranchised like recently, like Re- recently is the key. Recently is the key. Well, the country like deindustrialized, right? So like a lot of people in like manufacturing jobs and stuff. Like, right. Were but to, so 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 to your question, to your question, I think you have to understand what the word reparations means first. So reparations, you are repairing something that you have broken. You are paying for something that you were supposed to pay for. I'm not saying that there aren't people living in America today who are suffering and are going through pain and strife because of what's happening when it comes to um, you know, the machines taking jobs, uh, factories becoming industrialized, etc. But reparations is a specific conversation about a specific time in America, and that is black people were slaves. You know what I mean? It, I've even heard people say like, oh, but there were some of the Irish who were indentured. Like, yeah, let's slavery. Look at the numbers, look at the time, look at the level of work. You could not work toward your freedom. For most black people in America, this was a time when you were, that was it, you lived and died as a slave. And so that's what reparations is about. And so I hear what you're saying, but I think that's a completely separate conversation that needs to be had about the now. Because if you, if you are not careful what you then do is you combine everybody's suffering into the same ball and you make it seem like all injustices have the same weighting, and they don't, just like crimes. You know, theft isn't the same as murder. We don't try them the same way. And as much as there is a white person who's suffering today, I feel for anybody who's suffering, because I know what it's like to be poor, I know what it's like to suffer. I didn't come from a wealthy family. We struggled when I was growing up. But I also understand that there are levels of that suffering. You know, and so sometimes white people, it, it, does, it does block a white person because you go white privilege and a person goes, I'm poor and I'm white, where's the privilege? You know, white people are like, I wish I could activate my white privilege. I wish I could do it right now. White privilege, give me something. <laughs> I, I get that, I get that, trust me, I get it. It is hard to accept that you have benefits because of the color of your skin if you cannot see the benefits that you have. But the thing I try to explain to a person is, think of it more like golf. Don't think of it as privilege, then think of it like a handicap. Right? In golf, they acknowledge that you are in a position where you need so many advantages to be competitive in the game. Right? So what they say is you have a handicap of 15, so that means like you're gonna be hitting from this tee and you get more chances to get the ball in because we understand the position you're in. And if you're a black person in America, from slavery, from day one, the number of injustices that have held black people back in America amount to an insurmountable, like you, you, look at, you look at black people's freedom, you look at black people's land, just, just land alone. The amount of wealth you can, you can acquire over time if you own land is exponential because you have the land, you have the fact that you can borrow based on the land, you have the fact that you can use the money that you have borrowed to grow more wealth, you can use it to grow your family's wealth. Just taking that away from black people alone is crippling them. And so you combine that with slavery and then you look at Jim Crow laws. You didn't let black people in America live in the areas that they wanted to live in. They couldn't get loans from the banks that they wanted to get loans from. And then on top of that, when they started getting the loans from American banks, American banks were found to be giving them higher interest rates when in fact they were the same risk as many of the other races that they were were giving loans to. So when you combine all of those things, I think it's safe to say that black Americans have a conversation that they need to be having with the United States. Doesn't involve me, doesn't involve white people, doesn't, it's like, it's like, yo, American government, meet the black people. That's it. Have that conversation. 
Whenever, whenever I see uh, all the stuff about voter registration and voter ID laws in America, etc., that's one of the few moments when I miss South Africa's racism. <laughs> because no, what I liked about South Africa's racism is that it was just straight up. You know, they're just like, no blacks. <laughs> no blacks, okay? Simple as that, no blacks. And you knew where you stood. I don't like in America, they're like, they make you work for your racism, you know? <laughs> You gotta figure it out. They'll be like, we don't need certain people who are prone to hip hop and swag. And you, know, you people, you're like, which people? You people. You're like, which people? Tall people? No, you people. Like, I'm like, no man, I just wanna be offended and enjoy it, you know? I don't wanna, I gotta figure out my race, like it's racism Sudoku or something. I don't wanna figure it out. It's the way they beat around the, it's so slick. But I promise you, I genuinely think that would switch things up. If black people just came out and said, hey, we are all gonna vote Republican, you would be surprised how quick, this is, this is how you realize how much like, black people's decisions affect the general like, Republican ideology in America. Look at the NRA is a great example. Right? You look at guns in America. Uh, people were always like, oh no, there needs to be, you know, guns are free, guns are free, guns are free, guns are free, second amendment, second amendment, second amendment. Then the Black Panthers came along and they were like, this country is dangerous for black people. So they said, we say, all our brothers and sisters, you go out there and you get guns. You get as many guns as you can. And you prepare for a war. And then the white people were like, we need to restrict the guns. <laughs> they were like, we need to, no, 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 no. Too many guns, too many guns. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Like you see immediately, there's like, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. And it's amazing to just, like the same thing with voting. If they just thought the vote was gonna go the other way, they would take a chance. Just be like, yeah, man, I'm voting for you. And be like, really, you're voting Republican? Yeah, man, I'm voting Republican. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, what? Who, who are you voting for? The dude, man. <laughs> you know, the dude. <laughs> Scott. So in my family, my two younger brothers are, um, uh, so from my mother's second marriage. And so I'm still the only person in my family who looks like this. So my, my mom is uh, African woman, black Hossa woman. My, my father's Swiss from Switzerland, so he was a white man. And so I look like this. And then my mom remarried a black man, and so my brothers don't look like me either, right? And I remember what was really beautiful was my brothers, we always spoke about this stuff. So my parents, they were like, yeah, different dads, we get how this works. So my brother one day, I pick him up from school, right? He's like, he's really young at the time. It was what, maybe like, I'm trying to think it was nine, maybe 10 years old. And he gets in the car and he's like, he's just deflated. He gets in the, the passenger seat and he fastens his seat belts. And I'm like, what's going on, Isaac? And he's like, hey, Trevor. He's like, oh, kids, man. I can't do this, kids. <laughs> so I go, oh, kids, tell me more. And then he's like, I just, uh, I just don't know what to do with kids, Trevor. You know, like today, one of my friends said, oh, are we walking home? Then I said, no, my brother's picking me up. Then he said, ah, who's your brother? Then I said, Trevor. Then now when we're walking, he sees you in the car. Then he says, who's that? Then I say, it's my brother. Then he says, ah, but how can your brother, how can your brother be white? Then I said, he's not white. <laughs> he's not white, he's mixed. Then he said, but you're not mixed, you don't look the same. How can your brother not look the same? Then, so now I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to like go through this. So then I'm like, so, so what did you say to him? And then he's like, ah, Trevor, like he, I have to explain it the way kids understand. <laughs> he said, I just said to him, I said, Zueli, you gotta understand, like, People are like chocolates, okay? Like, like you can have like a white chocolate and you can have a dark chocolate and you can have a milk chocolate, but it's all Nestle, okay? <laughs> if there was one aspect of South African culture that I could transplant to America, what would it be? Huh, 
What would it be? I think it would be um, maybe our general ease at talking about uh, race and our racial past, you know? Because South Africa and America have very similar histories, you know, in that there was like, there were many things that were done to people of color that were extremely heinous. But we, we just maybe because of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in our country, we were forced to talk about it and we just talk about it. It's painful, but we laugh about it and it's out there. Whereas in America, I find there's like a lot of tension in and around that a lot of people are just like, yeah, well, come on, we don't, <laughs> do we have to bring that up? And it's like, dude, I'm not saying you did slavery, calm down, you know what I mean? Because that's how a lot of people treat it. They're just like, I wasn't there, I didn't say you were there. I'm just like, slavery happened. Yeah, but I, I swear I wasn't there. Dude, you're 37, calm down. You know what I mean? And I feel like there could be, it, it helps to be able to have conversations about those things because then it helps you understand how you got to where you got to. But if you can't have those conversations, then you just have to operate in a blind space of like, how did this happen? You know, why do so many black people live in this part of Harlem? I don't know, why do you think? I don't know. <laughs> do, do you get what I'm saying? And it, it actually opens it up, I think. That would be like the one part. And it doesn't fix everything, don't get me wrong. But I do think it makes it easier to address issues, to have conversations when you can just be like, yeah, man, this shit happened. You know what I mean? You can just be like, yeah, that was, that was crazy. That was wild that that happened, that this happened, that you, and, and then, and that's the thing. A lot of the time people think it's about assigning blame but it's not, it's about addressing what happened so that everyone can move forward and understand why things need to be fixed or how they got there in the first place. Does that make sense? Like imagine... <laughs> imagine if like your, your doctor, like you wanna to talk to your doctor about something that happened inside your body and then you know your, your doctor scans and then you're like, doc, I think, I think I might have like a cancer. Your doctor's like, I wasn't there. I wasn't eating with you. You're like, no, I just need your help fixing it. Yeah, I wasn't there though. I wasn't eating. It's like, no man, just chill out. You know what I mean? Just talk up. that's the one thing. I'll transplant that. And chickens that don't like do weights and stuff. <laughs> that's the other part. Like chickens that just like are normal. Because American chickens is just like, what, 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 what is it? I, Like once I saw them, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Is that the thing I'm eating? Oh. Like, I remember when I first saw a chicken wing in America. This is, the du- this is the dumbest thing you've ever heard. And you're gonna judge me, but I judge you back. I remember the first time I had a chicken wing in America is like, I ordered like buffalo wings, okay? And I, I know this sounds crazy, but the reason I was intrigued, because I saw it on someone else's plate, and then I was like, what are those? And someone said, those are buffalo wings. And I was like, oh, is this like a part of the buffalo that I don't know? And I was like, I want to taste buffalo wings. And then I remember eating it, then I was like, it's sort of like chicken. And someone was like, it is chicken. And I was like, but it's buffalo. And then they were like, no, it's chicken. Then I was like, but what chicken is this? I was like, how big is the wing of this chicken? What, what, what dinosaur chickens do you guys have here? Because that's not the size of any normal chicken anywhere in the world. So yeah, I would, I would, that's the one other thing I would bring is just like normal animals. <laughs> normal, that's all. Yeah, I'd bring normal animals and conversations about race. I really find, I find it funny how Trump has stumbled across many of the things he has ridiculed black people for in America and he doesn't even see the irony in all of this, you know? For years, like, like when it came to the FBI, law enforcement, all of that, black people would be like, oh, they have too much power, it's crazy how they can just say things about you. And then, you know, Trump would be like, you should go to jail. You should. And then now he's like, have you seen how much power they have, folks? They can do whatever they want, take your life away. I mean, listen to the thing they keep on saying about all of the people who've been arrested. It's not just Roger Stone. They did it with Manafort. They always bring up the same thing. They go, he's a 60-year-old man. Is he gonna spend the rest of his life in jail? And that's literally, 
literally what communities of color have been saying in America for decades. They're like, you're gonna let someone spend the rest of their life in jail because of, because of a mistake they made? I'm not disputing that they broke the law, but they're gonna spend the rest of their lives in jail? And the people are like, well, you break the law, you pay the price. That's what it's all about. And now all of Trump's people, this is the sixth person now, all of them going to jail, all of them. And now Trump is like, did you see in the middle of the night? <laughs> You're like, and? They came into his house. <laughs> Cause that's where he was. <laughs> this is like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. These guys are genuinely shocked when the police use the same force on them that they've been using on so many other people in the country unchecked. Because that's what I'm saying, I, I, do, I don't think it's extreme. I'd like American police, especially if you do travel the world, weird flex, you'll see, <laughs> you'll see how like, it's, it's just police are militari militarized in, in America in a way they aren't in most developed nations, you know? Like, it, it, it's, it's so weird for me. Every time I go back to South Africa, I'm reminded, I'm like, oh yeah, being a policeman just means that you are a citizen who has the job of enforcing the law, but it doesn't put you at a different level. It doesn't mean you can treat people like shit. It doesn't, you, 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 I'll talk to a police officer. I can disagree with him. I can argue, still respectful, of course. The guy can arrest you if you go too far, but it's not like I have to be afraid, you know? I don't have to be afraid of the person. I remember once I was driving in South Africa with my American friend and the cop car in front of me, he wasn't paying attention and he like swerved into my lane. And so then I, I hooted at him, I honked. I was like, beep. And then he went back in and my friend was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, why, he came into my lane. I was like, the guy must, that's why you honk. He's like, you can't honk at the cops. I was like, but, but I did. He's still a driver. I mean, if the guy's driving and he does something, I got to honk and tell him, hey man. And then like in America, I learned you, you can't even, you can't even drive past the cops. That's like the weirdest thing for me. When I, was, when, I first, when I first moved here, I lived in California and I was on the freeway and I didn't know like the rules of America. And so I was just like, follow the speed limits and I'm driving and all the cars are going slow and I'm like, you guys are idiots, I'm gone. <laughs> and I'm going 55, having a good time, 55. And then there was a cop car and then I just drove past it, right? But the cop car was going like 40. I was going at the speed limit. And then the cop car like came up here. This is the funny thing, because the cop car came up behind me and like, Woo! And then I was like in my head, cause I'd done nothing wrong. Look at the speed. I'm like, oh, he wants to go past. So I moved one lane over. <laughs> and then the cop car came behind me. And then he was like, woo. And I was like, go around, man. And then I came back. <laughs> and then I came back into the lane. And then he came back. Then I was like, this guy. Like I thought we were doing that thing on the sidewalk. You know, when someone like, like you do that. I didn't think he was trying to stop me. I was just like, go around, man, come on. And then finally he was like, pull over, pull over. And then we pulled over and then he gave me a long speech. He was like, sir, you know, uh, you, you drove past me. And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, well, you know, uh, I don't know where you're from, but out here, uh, cops, we don't like to be passed. I was like, wow, okay. I was like, some serious toxic masculinity right there, my friend. Like, I was like, you just don't like to be passed? And then he explained, he's like, no, we do it for traffic. So if you see a cop car, just stay behind it, don't, you know? And then, then I learned from then on that you don't pass them quickly. You gotta gradually. <laughs> so if the cop's going 40, you go like 41. Like, you slowly go past the cop car. Then you wait for a truck to come between you. Then you fly. Ah! 
The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.